are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main Fs in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, Facing my marriage-ending affair or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm gonna show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. Okay, I know I say this every time, but I'm excited about this podcast episode today. Today, I have my friend Brooke Thomas on the show, and Brooke is a business coach. She is also a cancer survivor. She really leads with her faith, and that is one thing that I find you know unique about Brooke is she's not afraid to share her faith. She's been on conversations with me, phone calls with me, where she has prayed with me, prayed over me, and she's been a big blessing in my life. So I was very excited when she agreed to come on and talk to me about, you know, creating your story, writing your story. And then of course, talking about so many other things that we have in common from our health to our spouses working with us full time. I'm really excited about this episode. Today is the two-year anniversary, my cancer anniversary. And the guest that I'm having on is a cancer survivor as well. So it just couldn't be more fitting. We, when I was scheduling this in, in her busy, busy schedule, I made sure that we did it on this day because it's such a special day to me. And so today, you know, I've already wanted to do this. I did an introduction for Brooke separately. And that was because I really wanted to edify what an incredible person she is. She truly lives the definition of living out loud. And, you know, recently I was, you know, at a place where, you know, this shame comes out every now and then. And Brooke was there, not just for me to support me, but she got on the call, a call with me and prayed over me. And it was probably one of the first times that someone just genuinely was like, let's get on a call and let's do this. And as you guys know, my F at podcast, my first F is faith. And it's just super, super important to me. And I've listened to Brooke's podcast and what I really love that she does is she brings scripture into it. And it's so exciting to see that because so many people are just maybe even unaware that the Bible is full of personal development gems. And even just recently, Ed Milet talking about how God should be in your business and Brooke brings God into her business. And so Brooke, I just want to welcome you. I'm so excited to have you today. Oh, thank you so much. I already have chills. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for what you said. And I'm just grateful to be here. And how many years has it been that you have been in remission? I know it was a while ago. Yes, um, 16 years. So first of all, congratulations to you. What a special day that we can share together for you today. But yes, for me, it's been 16 years. I was 26 years old. So 16 years ago. Oh, I love it. I love it. So I was going through one specific podcast episode of yours and I thought, you know what? I really want to have you talk about this to my audience. And really, I mean, I learned from it too, because, you know, when we start talking about our story and people want to share their story, a lot of us always assume it means maybe our career accolades or things like that. But your podcast episode recently was really eye-opening to me. And I love that you have strategies to help people kind of go through their story and identify it. And it's, you know, you made this comment, you said, before our childlike faith has been taken away. And I really identified with that because when we were talking the other day and when you were praying for me, I was in this place of shame. And this is after all these years since my affair, since my placement of adoption, you know, my big shame areas that I was actually really kind of caught off guard. I mean, I'd said to you, I don't know why I'm having this. I have so many good things going for me right now why am I feeling unworthy? And that word was even like a trigger word for me where I even hate saying that, but you walked me through some things, but I wanted you to take my audience through your strategies. You know, one of them, I know you have many on how to identify our story. Yes. I mean, I'm so glad that we're talking about this. First of all, I think that more women should come together and talk about this in a non-condemning 
way and just a really vulnerable way. It wasn't until I started really talking about my past shame, pain, hurts out loud did I discover that everyone is walking around with some sort of story of something that happened to them um, or something that they did or, or that they were involved in. I mean, pain and shame can come in all different shapes and sizes, but I do know that there is not one person that's an adult walking around that has not experienced some form of it, right? And so it, true. you know, shame is something that really can devour us and really make us hide and really allow us to not feel worthy. And so I'm really glad that we're going to have this conversation. And when you were talking about the um, childlike faith, you know, I always start off with just really just thinking about who we used to be before that thing happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I always envision us as girls or, you know, like when we were girls, I know both of us have children and it's like, you know, that childlike faith, that like imagination, that ability to walk up to somebody on a playground and be like, hey, you want to be my friend? <laughs> or so true, right? Just like that moment where you can just be vulnerable, but you don't know that that's vulnerability, where you're just, you're just you. You're just like that childlike faith. But, you know, things happen to us. We have circumstances and situations that happen throughout our lives that cause us to start to shut down or hide, or we are covered in fear sometimes or unworthiness, whatever it is. And we kind of, I don't know, I always say it's like a beach ball almost that's like you try to stuff it, right? Like, how many times have you been in a situation where, like, I'm just gonna stuff that, I'm just gonna pretend it didn't happen? At least that's how I am. Like, Anything that has happened in my life that was not good from the time I was little, I learned to stuff. I'm just going mm-hmm. to put it down there and I'm, I'm going to actually pretend it didn't happen or I definitely don't want to talk about it and I definitely don't want to deal with it. And so over years and years and years of doing that, which again, very comfortable talking about this because I serve thousands of women and this is a normal story for most women and most people really. And just not dealing with that painful situation, the shameful situation, the hurtful situation, and it just festers and grows. And I always say it's like a beach ball that we're trying to keep underwater, you know, trying to push Mm. that beach ball down. And you can only keep a beach ball underwater for so long. And then what happens is it just, it comes to the surface. And then we all know what happens when our, you know, emotions, hurts, pain, shame comes to the surface and we haven't really dealt with it the way that we needed to. So dealing with stories, there's so many different ways that we can do that. And I thought I would just kind of show you or tell you what I do with a lot of my group coaching programs with women that I serve in order to step out and share their story and go to the next level in their life and in their business. I'm a visual person and I like to be able to write things down and visually see things. And I had to do this for myself And it's really worked beautifully for other people. So I'll just kind of walk you through that. Um, I'm excited. Okay, good. It's called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So I always feel like so many times in life, like we, you know, we don't take the time to celebrate the good. You know, something really great, a milestone happens maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but we, it kind of fades, right? Like sometimes it just fades because of life and because of other things happening. And I think when we're stepping in, again, it depends on the season we're in. I mean, I think that this can, this exercise can happen throughout our life during different seasons because there's different times in our lives where we're growing or we're stepping into new things. And that's when that unworthiness sometimes rears its ugly head again, right? Like these, mm-hmm. these places just come up when we're about to go to a new level or, you know, they always say new level, new devil. Um, so this is a really good tool to use at any point in your life when you're feeling like, wait a second, what's going on here? You know, I I just, I'm not feeling good about myself right now. So um, one of the just easiest ways for me is just to say, okay, let's first start off by brain dumping, just brain dump all of the good mile marker moments that you can think of that have happened in the past. It could be the past decade, the past few years. It could be the past 20 years. Things that come to your mind that were really mile marker moments that made you feel your best. So I don't, I'm not talking about getting married or having a baby. Like those are great moments, but I'm talking about the moments that like you actually were recognized for something that you did or that you Mm -hmm. were promoted in an area that you had been wanting to be promoted in. 
Maybe you were seen and heard for the first time. Maybe you broke through a fear, you know, and you spoke out loud about something and you let go of something that actually helped you to get to another place. A lot of times, you know, we have like fears because we're, we're not surrendering to what we really need to do. And so like that moment of surrender where you break through and you're recognized for it and you're like, wow, this feels really good. Like moments in our life that we know we did the right thing or that we were recognized for something that really had to do with us stepping out and doing what we were called to do, right? So there's this mile marker moments that I believe really change us into really knowing who we want to be in that moment, like that confident woman that you are in that moment. And I think it's important to brain dump it and recognize and remember those moments and like reminisce on those moments, you know? And I always say like circle the top three when you do that, because those top three moments should be the catalyst for you really writing your story for the good parts of the story that will become what you talk about. Like maybe even in your business, you're always, you can always go back and talk about some of these really great moments that got you to where you are today, right? Because they're all, they all matter and they all get us to where we are right now. And so it's important to recognize the good moments. And then of course, there's the bad and the ugly. And these are the moments that I think are really important to recognize too and and really identify which one or ones that are really holding us back, that are really supporting us feeling like we are not enough or we're unworthy or they bring up moments or thoughts of shame or pain. And we start to like, you know, that feeling you kind of have a stomach ache, you start to kind of hide again, you start to feel like you're not enough, right? And, yes. and as I'm talking, Amy, like when I said just the good moment, could you think of, I mean, is that easy for you to be like, oh yeah, I really know that feeling of when this and this and this happened. Like, could you come up with three to five pretty quick? I could, but only because I've been told by a coach before, right? To like actually celebrate your wins. Because I think a lot of people like, and you know, I just speak from people that I've had them like, hey, look in the mirror and say, you know, what do you see that's good? And some people at first, they can't even come up with something. And I try to explain to them like, you know, what you focus on expands. And so as you do those first couple that might be hard to do at first, it's kind of like gratitude. Like it's hard to think of things. And then over time, I'm like the person now that I can list much more. But what really stood out to me is I need to be taking this list of good and I need to be anchoring it. I need to, when I am feeling down, I need to have this list on my phone so that I can go to those good moments because you know, when you're kind of, like you said, in that identity shifting place, or when you're getting ready to go to this new level, this is what holds me back. You know, it's like, I'll hear this negative, you are not worthy of that. So this would help me anchor, you know, no, you did this, you did that. So yeah, I totally, I'm making my list now. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. That's so good. Because I do think that so many times we lose our confidence, we lose our mojo, right? When we don't remember how far we've come, or we don't remember that woman that we really can be or the person that we really can be. And I believe when I look back at those moments, sometimes I'm like, wow, I can't believe I did that. I did that, you know, and it gives me the strength and the courage to keep going. And it gives me the strength and the confidence to say, you know what? I was born for this moment in time. Like when the whole shutdown happened, I, you know, decided to take the stance of saying, I was born for this moment. It gives me strength every day to show up and go, I'm going to keep going. I was born for this moment. I'm not going to sit and just be in despair and talk about all the negative because I know where that will get me. You know, we could talk about that another time or later with, you know, just when you've struggled with a death sentence, there's so much darkness that can happen and your mind can go to places and despair can happen. And I know where that takes me. And I know what it took to get me out of that and to, you know, speak out the opposite. And so I I knew that feeling of like when the world shut down, it was just like, okay, I can go to that place, but I'm not going to because I know where that's going to take me. I'm going to go to a place where every day I'm going to show up and say, I was born for this moment and really anchor, like you said, into those other times in my life where I actually did show up. And I did it. And so it's like, yeah, it's like, I I carry that with me. And that's what gives me that fuel and energy. And I have to say, I say I did it, but like my faith is very strong. I lead with my faith. I mean, I do it through, you know, the power within me from 
God, from the Holy Spirit. Like I, I pray through that. I mean, I was delivered into understanding what that meant. So it's, it's not me. It's, it's my faith and it's me believing bigger. Um, and what can happen through me by me leaning and relying on, on God. And so back to the bad and the ugly. So we all have these moments in our life. This is not the fun part. It's, it can be very emotional. But if you can also brain dump those traumatic times in your life, and you know, I don't want to get dark or heavy or, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we all have moments of darkness or pain or shame or trauma. Everyone's story is different and everyone's story matters. And everybody's pain is everybody's pain. And there's no comparing our pain, like it's our pain. And so, you know, it can be very painful to write out things that have really hurt you or that you feel really embarrassed about, or you feel very shameful about, or things Mm -hmm. that have been really painful to you that have, you know, again, I pictured the little girl that just was so free to just not know what that was, what that pain was, you know, who was that girl before, um, and how much pain, you know, trauma and and shame and all these things cost you, like, as you're growing, and as you're stepping into new things. And so, you know, through those painful moments, if we can just be honest with ourselves and just really bring them to the surface, write them out, you know, again, circle the top three that you really feel have affected you, have, are the ones that you would be so embarrassed to tell, the ones that, you know, maybe the lies in your head have told you, like, if anybody knew this about me, they would not like me. If anybody knew this about me, they would not love me. They would leave me. They would, you know, all of these things that we tell ourselves. And sometimes, you know what, unfortunately, um, Sometimes that happens, right? right? A lot of times, you know, especially unfortunately with women, and this is why I stand for the opposite. Sometimes, um, and I shouldn't just say women, I, I think hurt people hurt people. And I think sometimes we expose our weaknesses or our shame, or our pain, sometimes to the wrong person. And sometimes they expose that or they hurt us more or they leave us. But that's just a ploy to get us to not live in the freedom that we are promised. And so I like to say, okay, what, what are these top three moments or what are all of these moments? What, what do they mean for you as far as the ugliness that came out of it? So I believe that there's an ugly piece that comes out of the bad moments. And the ugly piece is what we start to tell ourselves. It's, it's the words that we start to form about ourselves, right? That we're not enough, that we're unworthy, that we're dirty, that we're not pretty enough, not smart enough. I mean, based on your story and what's happened, right? And I mean, the list could go on and on. So what are those ugly words that we know that maybe somebody or or anybody else that's around us would never know that we thought that about ourselves, but it replays in our head. Mm -hmm. Or maybe um, it shows up in, you know, our confidence or it shows up in the way we allow people to treat us or it shows up in us trying to be a people pleaser. Or, I mean, there's so many things, so many ways we could unpack this, but the biggest thing that I love to do, and this is where the faith piece comes in scripture. If you believe in the Bible, like I just believe in the Bible. I believe in the living, breathing word. Like you said, it's like, it's like the best self-help book that we, that we will ever need. It's living and breathing. And, you know, I just, I found this verse a while back and it really stuck with me. And it's Isaiah 61, three. And it's all about trading our ashes for a crown of beauty. And I envisioned how so many times like our ugly, our bad moments, they, they turn into ashes and we become, we almost feel like worn out and we feel dirty and we feel dark and we feel like we have despair. And we are not meant to live that way. We're not meant to live like ashes. We can truly mm-hmm. trade our ashes in for a crown of beauty. And I imagined what it would be like to have women just lined up, just carrying their darkness, carrying their shame, carrying their ashes, and being able to hand it to somebody. For me, I'm like, okay, I'll hand it to God, you know? And right. really, or we can talk about Jesus and what Jesus did for us, but like literally, you know, handing it and saying, will you take this? And then our heavenly father literally putting on a crown on us and saying, you're beautiful. Let's swap this out for beauty. This is what, these are your scars. This is what made you who you are. And like, maybe that was never the plan for our lives, but like, it is what it is. We're allowed to trade that in and we don't have to carry it. It's sometimes I feel like the heaviness of carrying that becomes 
so heavy and so dark and we're weighted down that we forget what we're promised. We, we forget that we can live in joy and we can be forgiven and we can walk with a crown of beauty, even if we've experienced dark times. And I just have such a strong vision for this, not only because of my own life, but because I have daughters and because I have personally witnessed so many women that just carry that. And it just, it just causes them to not live fully awake and not live in that joy and that light that they're promised because we all make mistakes and we all have stuff. And so there's not enough people that talk about being set free from that, you know? And I just want to read real quick in Isaiah 61, three, it actually says, you know, that we can have a crown of beauty instead of ashes and the oil of joy instead of mourning and Mm -hmm. a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And I don't know about you, Amy, but with what you've gone through, what I've gone through, like I know that I have lived too many years where I had a spirit of despair or I had mourning, you know, or I had the Mm -hmm. darkness of ashes. And like when I actually traded that in and I knew what it felt like to actually have a garment of praise and joy, I mean, my life was forever changed. And that's why I fight for it for other women, because I want women to know that they can and they, they will, if they choose to live fully in the light, that they can live fully awake and they can have this joy. And we can own our stories in this new, beautiful way where we can recognize why we are the way we are today, but we can, in a moment, decide to shift. In a moment, we can decide to show up the way we want to show up. So that's, that's, that's like the gist of the, my good, bad, and ugly. Well, you, I mean, there's so many things I'm like writing notes as you're saying this, because, you know, it wasn't until probably about, you know, maybe three or four years ago, Eric and I had a moment where we realized, you know, God's unconditional love for us, right? We both, you know, like we came from having an affair and I've always said that there's no way this marriage would have even lasted had we not first worked on ourselves, right? Because, you know, you're very insecure and and, and, and so many people have asked me over the years, like, how, how have you found your security? And it's been through God. It's been me finally, for the first time in my life, seeing that he knew I was going to make these mistakes and he loved me anyways. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I didn't because I did come from that. I came from a, a religious upbringing, but it was a very condemning and constantly my entire life. I was just trying to get out of the condemnation always working, always doing works, works, achievement, you know, anything I could to get that approval. And that's where it even led into my, my real world here, where I was looking for approval from other people. And on the outside, I might've looked like I was happy or secure, confident. And I was so insecure and not confident. And so as you're saying this to me, I'm sitting here writing down notes because, and it's a daily reminder that I know for me, someone that comes from like that shame or you know, for me, it was a two repeater. You know, I, I just recorded a podcast on my adoption. And when I had my affair, you know, 15 something years later, it took me right back to my first when I got pregnant in high school. And I, you know, that, that talk that you talk about those, you know, the bad, the, the words that we use, those words were dominant in me. It was like, Amy, you really are white trash. And this is the story to prove it to you. And this is, mm-hmm. I can show you exactly where you're that. And it was, you know, it was really, really hard. And so for me, I'm, I am the person that I need to keep those guardrails around me. I need to be constantly reminding myself just because I had 35 plus years of the, the condemned life that it's always so refreshing to hear from people like you that I'm like, man, you know, there is this other side of, you know, because when we do have the confidence, we can step out. When I am fully loving myself, secure in myself, I just show up for everyone around me. Absolutely. I mean, I I love that you said that. I loved when you said, you know, I realized that he loved me anyway. I think one of the biggest things is just really understanding that we're loved just because. Like, that was really hard for me to understand. I remember the moment that somebody said, like, you don't have to be anybody else but you to be loved. You don't have to do anything, you don't have to be anybody else you know, God created you and knows exactly what he got, you know, like he knows, he knows every part of you. And so you don't have to be somebody else 
to be loved. And, you know, it's not called do loved. It's called be loved, beloved. Like he calls us his beloved. And sometimes that's hard for us to wrap our mind around because, you know, it's not definitely, it's not like human nature, you know, obviously. Right. Um, but, you know, I remember, you know, a lot of times when I talk about scripture, I always want to be really mindful and thoughtful of the people that don't feel a connection with the Bible or, or scripture. And I, I don't ever want to come across that, like, this comes natural to me or that I was always good at this or that I studied this. Like, this is something that was supernatural that happened to me when I was at my lowest and I literally was on my knees. And that's usually when it happens to most people that turn Mm -hmm. from their ways when they're just like so desperate for truth and so desperate for love and so desperate for just the chains to come off, the suffocation Mm -hmm. of, you know, the unworthiness and all of that. And so I remember opening up the Bible and thinking like, I'm going to try, but like, I can't even understand this. Like, and I remember trying to read the Bible and being like, it's not really speaking to me. Like, I just, I'm like, I don't really understand. And somebody said, you know, start in the New Testament. and, And they said, just start reading and ask God, like ask God to speak to you, ask God to make it clear. And don't worry about anything else that you don't understand. Just keep reading. And ask God to speak to you. And I'll never forget, like, and, and, and it's been over a decade now of me doing this. And it's like, the words just jump out at me. They speak life to me. They breathe life into me. And I remember I kept thinking, where's all the condemnation? Like, where's the part where, where it says you're gonna, going to be in big trouble or you're condemned or like all of these things. And I remember when I was reading it, it was just, there was so much love, so much compassion, so much encouragement about, you know, becoming the light and being the light and ask for anything in your heart and God will super abundantly more than you could ever ask, you know, show up and give you the desires of your heart. And, you know, there was so much hope of the future. And there were so many things that were popping out at me that if I read it every day, I'll read something different that will mean something different based on my situation. And that's why I say it's like living, breathing. It really is. And when you seek it, you will find it. Like when you actually go after it and you want it, you will find it. And I I just want to give a word of encouragement to anybody that feels intimidation by it, because that's how I used to feel. And when I really started to seek it, it was just like, wow, this, it just like opened up a whole new life for me. Same for me. I mean, everything you're saying right now, that was, that was me. I mean, and mine was way more recent. Mine was a couple of years ago where I'm like, I, you know, I, I didn't really feel comfortable like with the, I, like I said, I grew up in this, in a home where it was a lot of just memorization. It wasn't really like your own free thinking. And so I really read the Bible more out of just obedience, right? It wasn't like yeah. this desire. It was like, check it off the list. And I think that's why I didn't really feel anything. Now it was a couple of years ago that just out of my own rebellion ways at that time, I actually Google search, like how to prove the Bible wrong. Like that's what I was looking for. Wow. I mean, I was in an angry place. And, um, and everything, like you talk about, like the words coming alive, I couldn't even deny it. And it was, it was like, I was going looking for something else and I couldn't deny it. And then I started to, you know, work on that relationship, like an actual relationship. I wanted to know more. And it was the first time in my life where instead of like doing it out of obedience, it was desire. And it was because I was seeing so, I mean, it was the first time I had security in my own self. You know, like I have an anchoring practice where I take my hands and put it over my heart. And if I'm having moments of even just in my own marriage where I'm feeling insecure or, you know, I was launching this podcast or whatever, that's like my touch point to be like, I have God with me. Like I have God with me. Like I am complete. Like I don't, I don't, I don't need to do anything for him. And, and that has been such a huge, huge growth for me personally, because I just always felt like I needed to be doing more. And it's actually what kept me away for so many years because I just felt that I hate the word, but it's that unworthiness. And, you know, with my, with my affair, and it's probably the number most downloaded episode I've had, I get, I get messages every single day from someone that's either, you know, committed adultery or they are part of infidelity in their family. And there's so much shame and so much pain and you know, it's why I remind myself obviously to show up, but for those people, what do you, you know, where do you start? Like, where did you, you know, where do you start for someone that is like at a place of despair? You know, they're there right now. 
listening to this and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to go do this brain dump. I'm going to write down my bad and ugly and I'm going to do my good. Now do, now what do I do? Do I start focusing on the good daily? Like what practices do you have in place to, to help with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I always, what was coming to my mind when you were talking is just the goodness of God leads us to repentance. So mm-hmm. that's what, just like what came to my mind. I know it's a scripture. I know there's songs created around the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And when I say repentance, a lot of times, like, I didn't even really understand what that really meant. I didn't understand that by us repenting, meaning like repenting is turning from our ways. So we could have done something that, you know, really made us feel shameful and full of despair. But by repenting, by, you know, seeking forgiveness and turning from our ways, that should be lifted. The veil should be lifted. The despair should be lifted. It should be, it should turn into joy. And we are promised that. And so I always feel like when we truly can you know, seek forgiveness and turn from our ways, we are promised the freedom to live in joy and happiness. And I know it's not always that easy for people. I know that for me, I know that I didn't know if I really believed that that was for me. I can say I'm sorry all day long, but did I really understand that I was truly forgiven to be set free? Or was I still hanging on to yeah, but I'm still not as good as that person or I'm still not as clean and clear and good as that person. I don't know. Like I was like, I don't deserve. Sometimes when we've done something, we go to these places where we're like, it's okay. I know it's for everybody else, but it's okay if I'm punished the rest of my life. I'll I'll just punish myself. And I don't think any of us really articulate that. Like, I don't think any of us would say like, yeah, I'm just going to punish myself. I don't think anybody really like wants to do that. But I think by default, we carry that, that burden and we carry that shame and we actually think that we have to do that, you know, to pay the price or whatever. And this is where, I mean, you know, if you believe in redemption and you believe in salvation, you believe that Jesus did die on the cross to take our sins. Like that is something I believe. And I had to have somebody explain that to me in a way that I would really understand it. I mean, it's, you know, you can explain it in a way that, you know, kind of seems like, okay, that's a pretty big deal. But like, you got to really, for me, I had to really step into really understanding that that was a trade for my sins. And so me carrying the pain and the shame and the hurts and all these things, it was like I was doing a double payment. It's kind of like if you go to a restaurant and somebody picks up your bill and they leave and the waitress is trying to tell you like, Hey, your bill is paid. It's done. And you're like, no, no, let me pay again. Let me pay again. And, and we don't have to keep paying. And I think that that's such a hard concept for people to wrap their minds around. It's like, no, let me keep punishing myself. Let me keep paying the price. Let me keep carrying the shame because it was so bad that, you know, let me just keep punishing myself. And that's what I believe leads to despair, isolation, unworthiness, totally. all that stuff, right? And oh, totally. So, and it's, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, and that's when we tend to do things, you know, we sabotage ourselves, you know, like I find that even, you know, whether I know you're a business coach too in business, like when we go to those places and we're not forgiving ourselves and not moving on, I find I sabotage, you know, I see it all the time in um, fat loss coaching, you know, with my client that, you know, if they've not, like I always say, you'll never hate your way into a killer body. You just won't. Like you might temporarily get there, but if you don't, if you don't love yourself, fully love yourself, you'll continue to sabotage yourself on the way when you get there, whatever. And it's the same with business, right? Like if you're not fully accepting, you're going to have these little holes that come up and, you know, you can sabotage all of that success. Absolutely. And I would say to somebody, you know, you ask like if somebody is sitting in that despair and they're just like, okay, this sounds great, but then what do I do next? And again, I'm just giving you my perspective of what's worked for me with my faith journey. And so I remember being literally in that despair and feeling isolated and alone. And I just remember truly crying out to God and like asking God to show up, to send me people that could clearly speak to me and show me the way and that could love me for me. And, you know, at the time, like I've always had this, um, I always say one of my gifts is, I don't know, I've always really just been able to love really deeply. And like, 
I really can see the good in anybody. And I really love to highlight and celebrate and promote other people. It's just in me. Like I've never been like that jealous girl. I never understood people that were just automatically jealous and would want to tear you down. I was never the mean girl. I was always the girl that I I didn't know how to like fight back. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't know how to play that game. And, and it used to really cause me to be, feel really weak. And, and I always say like now, and I, I took this from one of my good friends, Micah Myers, that has written books on etiquette and stuff. And she said, she always says, do not um, mistake my kindness for weakness. And mm. I love saying that now because that's how I feel. I'm like, I don't want to be mean or rude to anybody. Like I want to be kind, but don't mistake that for, my, for weakness. And I remember how I used to feel weak because I wasn't surrounding myself with the right people. And I believe sometimes we have to be so desperate to cry out and ask for the right people and and pray to God to send you the right people or start showing up in different places. You know, sometimes we bring it upon ourselves to continue to stay in the same places with the same people that are going to remind us of the things that we don't want to be reminded of. And I believe that that's not our job to condemn or to, you know, highlight somebody else's mistakes. You know, I believe that we can truly call out the good and see the good in others. And I remember praying and being like, how come I can't find anybody like that? Like, how come I feel alone in this? Like, where are all the nice people? You know, I don't know. I had just gotten to a place in my life where I was kind of surrounded with a lot of gossipy women or people Mm -hmm. that just wanted to tear others down. And I just never felt like I fit in. And I, I really do believe that God took me to this place of despair so that I could be made new, so that I could start showing up different and showing up more confident so that I could draw in my people. And really that's what happened. I mean, just be careful with what you pray for, because I believe when we really believe and we really pray, I believe God shows up every time, every time, but it might just not look like what we think, but I believe that God is after our hearts and like, he doesn't want us to live in despair. And so when I got to that place, I mean, I just remember I just, I started reading books. I started really chasing after people and places that, you know, that I could find that were more life-giving and not just surface level. And then just by the droves, people, (laughs) the right women started coming. But you know what it was? I changed myself. I started reading books and and really going into um, self-development on a deeper level with the right types of books and the right types of encounters and and conferences and things that were for me, faith-based, um, and not, you know, and and not the condemning faith-based kind, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff out there. I mean, I'm very careful with, with what I say, because, you know, listen, there's a lot of people that claim that they are believers or, or they're whatever religion that you want to say. And there's some of the most condemning mean, you know, gossipy people I've ever met. And so I'm very careful with what I say around that because I do my research, like the books I read, the people I surround myself with, I make sure that it's legit, like that they're really walking out the level of faith and and love that I believe we're meant to walk out. And of course, we're all going to make mistakes, like nobody's perfect, but it's a heart. It always goes back to the heart, you know, the heart of somebody. Well, this really just ties into, you know, something that, so I, we had a podcast episode that the na- the title of it was about buying your friends. And I, it was, I paid for friends and it was with one of my girlfriends and that triggered a lot of people at first when they read that title. And then as we started talking on this podcast, I got so many messages where people were like, how do I find a mastermind? How do I find an event? And it was because what we talked about was how when you do want to level up that circle and you do want to surround yourself with the right people, it doesn't just happen by accident. Like, I, and I always, I, I relate it to, let's say you're looking for, you're dating and you're looking for the partner. I'm going to be more interested in the person that actually invested to have the premium account because they actually had to pay to be there, right? They're serious about it. It's no different than when we attend events or, you know, like you and I in a mastermind together it shows that they are very serious about that. And so I know that you have events. I know that you have masterminds. And I, I mean, I want you to be able to talk a little bit about that because there's so many people that are, are thinking it's just going to happen, you know, by accident. And, you know, yes, we need to be praying about it first and foremost. And it's not just going to happen to us, 
you know, just by chance, we have to be intently looking. It's like what I said to you a couple of weeks ago, where I'm like, listen, Brooke, I know right now in my life, I need a faith-based group. I need this around me. It's really important for my growth. And it's not going to happen by accident. You know, mm-hmm. I need to be very, very serious about that. So tell me about what, you know, I mean, we didn't really get to talk about business. So tell me what you offer. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, you've definitely got to be super intentional about it. And I constantly invest in myself. So I, you know, I believe that if you are in some sort of group coaching program, mastermind, um, if you have a one-on-one coach, you want to make sure that that person is also investing in themselves in them, you know, and that somebody's pouring into them. I really believe very strongly about that. And I believe in business as women, you know, we're constantly pouring out, we're constantly creating, we're constantly doing whatever we do. We need somebody that can pour out into us. And one of the differences I think that I do that maybe a lot of other coaches don't do, I don't know. I mean, but this is just something I've really adopted is being able to pray over the people that I work with, you know, and being able to like use things that just come intuitively, you know, through um, just the feeling of what that person needs and just being able to go for it and not hold back. And it's really transformed so many women's lives. Like they come in for business, but they're like, gosh, this faith piece. A lot of women come in feeling just like, okay, I know, I don't know if this resonates with you or any of your audience, but like just feeling like I know I'm made for more. Like I hear this a lot. I know I'm made for more. Um, but there's something missing. Or the other piece is like, I'm really tired. Like, I just feel worn down, lethargic. Like, I need, I need that energy back. And I find that either like with, you know, wanting more or getting that energy, it always goes back to like that piece that they've been missing is that relationship with their creator. Like that faith piece that just like really infuses their, their soul and their creativity and their energy again. And again, like I said before, like living fully awake and what that looks like. And so that's really been my passion. You know, back when I started Live Out Loud, uh, back in 2017, I had been coaching women for almost a decade at that point in network marketing, my network marketing business. I had a health coaching business as well. Um, And I started Live Out Loud because it was right around a time when I was, I was actually looking for I have, you know, I had coaches and I was part of different business groups, but I was really looking for a all women business group where women could just come together and grow together in business and also really be able to talk about faith in an open space and also lifestyle. So I'm I'm all about business life and faith and life was, you know, lifestyle, anything around nutrition, fitness and relationships, because, you know, my cancer story is from 16 years ago when I was 26. Like I went down a whole journey. I became certified in nutrition and I know you and I share a passion for fitness, nutrition. So that's always an expectation too. I feel like we can see and hear things more clearly when we're our healthiest, right? And we're putting the right things in our yes. body. Yes. So I just had this vision for this and I kept searching and searching and searching and I just kept praying and I'm like, okay, God, like, where is it? And I just felt so strong. Okay, go create it. Like quit asking for it and go create it. And I was like, okay. So that's when I created it. And Live Out Loud stands for, it's not being loud. It's all about being able to speak out loud what your truth is inside. Like really understanding who you are, the vision for where you want to go, and then Mm -hmm. being able to understand why and really uncover like who you really are and where you're going and why and having that framework around that. But then being able to say it out loud. I've gone through so many different... um, I could name hundreds, if not thousands of women. Um, We go through this process where it's like, okay, now speak it out loud. And you would be blown away. It sounds so easy. Just say out loud what you want. Say out loud where you're going. Say out loud who you really are after you go through some exercises around that. And I'm telling you, even in a small, intimate group, it is very difficult to say out loud what you really want, that, that secret inside that you haven't said. And there has been so many amazing breakthroughs from women just speaking it out loud. And then I believe that sometimes we hold it in because, you know, if we don't say it out loud, nobody knows. And if it doesn't happen, then we're good to go, right? Like we didn't fail in front of anybody. But once we say it out loud, I do believe, and this is what I had to do for myself. I believe that we have to take responsibility. I believe that we have to take responsibility for our life and for what we said we want out loud. And of course, I also believe in accountability. I believe in good, solid, praiseworthy encouragement that is 
true accountability. I think there's a balance between being able to elevate a woman, encourage a woman, talk about business, talk about what they want, but then hold them accountable to that. I think if you really love somebody and you really want them to win, you will hold them accountable in the most loving way possible. You'll remind them of what they want. You'll make sure that they're doing what they need to do without feeling bad or pushed down. I mean, there's just different ways you can do this, but I know for me, I am not a micromanager. I don't do well if somebody is being mean or calling me out and making me feel less than. That doesn't work for me. That doesn't fuel me. That just makes me want to run and hide and cry. I need somebody that's strong and powerful and full of wisdom and has gone before me to say, okay, this is what you said. Let's make sure it happens. And every week, and then it makes it even better if you actually have a group of women that are the same. That again, I don't think we have to be like-minded. I think there's, I mean, there's women in my groups that are from all over the United States, all over. I don't have anybody from Canada yet, Amy, but Mm. all over the United States. um, And it's virtual, so they can be anywhere. Um, But I mean, every state you can think of in the United States and then, but I'm very open to Canada and any other country, but you know, just coming together that are like-hearted. These women are different. They're doing different things. They come from different backgrounds, but they all share a similar heart to want to step out and do what they were created to do. They want to get rid of that shame. They want to walk in, you know, business. They want to go to the next level. They want to skill up. They want to cheer each other on, you know, and it's just, it's beautiful. So I, so that's what Live Out Loud is all about. I started with mentorship programs that I led and they always were attached to a retreat, a beautiful retreat. Um, I've done them in Palm Beach at the Breakers Hotel in New York City. I've been out in California, which led me to move out here a year ago. And now I do group coaching programs, high-level masterminds, and retreats and events. And so right now, we're right in the middle of a momentum group that I put together, Live Out Loud Momentum, where a ton of women came together because they wanted to stay in momentum during this time. I had just finished up a leadership academy that I did. And I decided to put this one together because my mastermind was ending. So I've got about 50 women in there that are just incredible and they're growing together. And it's just been amazing. A lot of the women return. They've maybe been in my masterminds. I've done one-on-one coaching with them or they've been in the Leadership Academy. So this is just one group right now that I'm doing during this, this moment in time. And you know what's so crazy, Amy? Like During this quarantine, during the shutdown, when it started on March 12th, I promoted my Leadership Academy that day and I didn't know what was going to happen. And I just kept going and the most phenomenal women joined. And I literally, we just had this motto of like, we were born for this moment. And that led me to to start another program that was five weeks ago we started. And it's just beautiful to see what God does when you are obedient to the call. You know, I could have stopped. I could have shut down. I could have been like, no, I don't want to offend anybody. But instead I decided to turn it around and just know that there was a space for women that needed a lifeline. They needed to keep growing. They needed each other. Um, and they wanted to still skill up or maybe they needed to pivot in their business. And I also ended up doing a give back. I believe that from now, I mean, this, this has happened since the last two programs I launched, I did a major give back. And I believe that every single thing that I do from this point on, my retreats, my, my group coaching programs, my mastermind, there will always be a percentage that it will be given back based on what's going on in the current climate. I love that. And actually, you know, John Maxwell, I listened to him. Yeah, he's one of my he's one of my characters I created for my anchoring. But I love that he his financial goals always are based around charity goals because then it allows us exactly because then you're like you know what I this is what I'm looking for I want this many in my next program and it's because I'm going to leverage it with this kind of charity giveaway and I remember watching you you know launch that and just tell everyone what your goal was and and just how powerful that was and it it really does make you know, people see like, you know, we don't have to, I think sometimes as believers, you know, we feel like it's not okay to want more and it's not okay to like be prosperous. You know, we were just speaking about this at church on Sunday. Our pastors were like, you know, we we're mistaken if we're thinking that God does not want that for us. So I love that you preach that. I love that you have a podcast where I'm going to make sure it's in my notes here to, so that they can go right to your podcast and subscribe. Where is the best place, Brooke, for people to find you? Like, where's your favorite social media platform? Yes. Well, I love Instagram. I'm live out loud, Brooke, on Instagram. 
And I love being on Instagram. I'm on, I'm on my stories all the time. And then also on Facebook, you can find me, you know, my personal page, Brooke Thomas, it's public, but I have a live out loud tribe. So if anybody um, is interested in just, you know, being around supportive women, that's really my entry into just getting to know me and the group that I serve. Um, and that's just called Live Out Loud Tribe. That's just my free group that anybody can join if they're, I always say you have to be a woman <laughs> and you have, right. to, you have to be nice. <laughs> like you I have like to that. want other women to win. Okay. We don't want any mean girls in there. So, um, oh, no, yeah. So it's super encouraging, you know, and, and I always encourage networking. I'm just like a big fan of you know, even in my business group coaching programs, I am in there every day, really encouraging women to do business together and to network and that there's enough business in this life for everybody and to get comfortable getting to know each other and networking. And so I'm always promoting other people that are doing amazing things because I want my, I always say, I want my people to know my people. So, you know, I can't wait to have you on my podcast next, Amy. Oh, I love it. And you know what? I would, I always say this, but let me just say this again. I never have someone on here. I'm never going to have someone on here that I don't believe in. If there's one thing I've always really stood strong in any type of connection, affiliation with people, it's because I believe I want that person around me. I want them in my circle. Like I don't want this to become something where just some random person comes on because maybe I'm benefiting some other way. I'm literally, it's because I love you, Brooke, and I want more people to be surrounded by you. So I'm so excited for this to air. I'm going to have a rush on it just because this is a time where people right now, like you said, I love the momentum. People are crushing it right now. Like people are thriving in a time where so many, it's that perspective, right? And seeing the negative. And so I'm excited for this. And I'm just so thankful that you took the time today to be on here with me. Well, thank you so much. It was such an honor. And I just, I love you too. And it's so nice when women can connect like this and we can just have an open space to talk. And I, you know, I'm just so grateful. And um, I just look forward to, again, just continuing our friendship and sisterhood. And I just really want to encourage anybody that's listening that if you are in despair right now, that there's hope and there is a reason why you're listening to this. And there are women that want you to win. This is your moment in time. And I would just say like, claim it, like walk in the light of saying like, this is my moment. I was born for this moment right now, because again, there is so much heaviness in the world right now. We could allow the flood of darkness to take over. And I just believe that we're not meant to live like that. No matter what's going on around us, we can still choose light. We can still choose joy. So thank you so much again, Amy. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And we, you know what, anyone here, you need to go follow Brooke today. Get your phone out right now. (laughs) Take a screenshot of it, tag her in it. And I always love this, you know, Chris Harder taught us this, tell your takeaways. There's nothing better than like someone seeing like what you relate to, what you got connected with on this. So make sure you tag us in this. And I just thank you, Brooke, again for coming on. Thank you so much again. Have a great day. Okay, another episode in the books. And I'll tell you what, I am loving this podcasting gig. I cannot thank you enough for all of the reviews, for the comments that you've been sending me. It gives me an idea of more of what you want to hear. And my one ask here is this. I would love it if you would screenshot this or hit the copy link and share this with people you think would benefit from hearing from me. It's the way I'm going to get my message out, my vision out and I would so much appreciate it. I will continue to bring episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays with bonus ones on Saturdays with my husband, and I'm excited to share them with you. 